What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. In order to be successful, you have to do more than the average. I had, you know, one or two influential people in my life that tried to convince me not to do it. But, you know, fate without works is dead, man. We only have one life. We, you know, we walk by fate, not by sight. So I put all my life savings into that one truck. Don't let anybody spoil your dream. You know, just be intentional about your decision. And, you know, like momentum means doing something after you just to, you know, have that killer instinct to know that, you know, you serve a God who, who, he got you, man. We're all born to be great. This is Dwayne Wiltshire with Lane Construction, and you're now listening to Truck and Hustle. Turn my mic up. For you. Take there. Yeah, yeah, uh. On the road to the riches, life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. All right, Hustle Fam, Hustle Fam, we are back with another amazing episode. And today I am in Maryland. I think I'm in Gambrills. Am I in, am I in Gambrills, Maryland? Gambrills, Maryland. Usually when I come to Maryland, I come to get some good seafood, some crab, or something like that. But today. I'm with the man himself, Mr. Dwayne Wilshire from Lane Construction. He is out here doing his thing in the dump truck world. He's grown to nine trucks now, about to be at 10. Correct, sir. He has a really, really interesting story, um, and I want to share it with you, man, with, with, with you guys. So welcome to Truck and Hustle, Dwayne. Thanks for having me. Thank, thank you for being here. All right, so we're going to get into the story, man. Everybody loves dump trucks. Um, you got into the game. You're not originally from here right so you come from jamaica correct right all right so we're gonna get into your story man and just and just talk about it man um i just kind of put it out there spoiler alert but tell everybody where you're from and a little bit about you know growing up well uh again thanks for having me uh i'm from jamaica as you can probably hear with the accent yes i am <laughs> <laughs> um grew up from a community spalling from spalling clarendon um went to knox college I come from a single family home uh, where my mother worked from abroad to, you know, provide for us. Left us in the care of our dear aunt. I had a great aunt. I still have a great aunt who raised us, Auntie Melva. And um, sitting right here, she used to send us to church. So I'm from a strict background. Um, we go to church. She used to ensure that we have grown up with uh, great values. Uh, every Sunday we would go to church. And... Um, I could still hear her voice right now ringing in my ears saying, you know, Uno, get up out of the bed, <laughs> or feed the hog before you go to school, tie out the goat them. So we used to have chores where we have to ensure that the animals are taken care of first before we could leave the house. So um, I uh, matriculated to uh, having a coveted job, a very coveted position rather, out of Portmore, Jamaica, a call center called eServices. Spent like seven years there as a workforce manager. I used to also do car selling and rent cars on the side. 
and then after that uh, an opportunity presented itself you know for me to migrate here to the United States back in 2000, 2011 okay so that's okay a little bit of about got it so bo born and, and raised in Jamaica 2011 when you came here how old were you <laughs> I think I was I want to say I was like 30 years old okay I, I'm sorry maybe 30 30 31 years old 32 I got think. it and you said you held a couple different jobs in Jamaica um, you said, what was the job you said? you said? I was a workforce manager at a call center called E-Services Group International okay. out of Portmore. So, and I used to work, you know, in Montego Bay and um, St. Lucia. I used to travel as a workforce manager to ensure that the operations and the staffing is correct. So, Okay, got it. So what brought you to the U.S.? And like I said earlier, an opportunity presented itself for me to migrate here. What's the opportunity? The opportunity is uh, I had a family who, you know, filed for me at the time. Okay. So that was the opportunity. So I was stuck between uprooting myself from Jamaica and coming here as an adult. Yeah. Leaving my 30 years roots behind to come and uh, adapt to the American culture. That, that had to be tough, right? I mean, very, very especially tough. at 30, you know, you're, you're, you're pretty much like settled and well maybe not settled but you're accustomed is a better word to changes yeah, Constant yeah changes of course um i i got the opportunity back in 2011 i as soon as i got here i just never feel comfortable just sitting down i'm used to working and doing stuff so i enrolled in my first gym membership at walmart okay and by that I mean I You got said your gym membership. Because <laughs> <laughs> that didn't go over my head, but again, I'm listening. Gym membership. Your gym membership. When I started here, when I came to the States immediately, you know, thank God for my mom at the time, she took me to Walmart one night with her friend and I heard a Jamaican guy talking, you know, packing shelves, and I'm like... He's like, that's me. That's me, right. <laughs> so I went and I said, hey, how do you get a job here? And he said, just go to the front ask for the manager and there's a kiosk they'll take you there and you apply there when i applied there um they called me in and be uh, what position are you interested in i said i want to do the overnight stocking so the lady was like you're not gonna stock any shelves with this <laughs> resume <laughs> so right because you came from like a call center correct so right so you didn't know nothing about lifting lifting boxes no i'm yeah. six sigma quantified and all of that good stuff so okay um she probably looked at it and like she told me straight up you're like, not gonna last you're not gonna last i'll come back tomorrow and we'll you know have you interview for an open position for a supervisor that's available but anyways i Turned that down, I told her, hey, I can lift 50 pounds easily. I yeah. can get the job done. This is all I want to do. Why did you want to do something physical as opposed to doing something behind the desk, man? Because I, I uh, would have definitely went for the supervisor position if I was you. Very good question. I mean, to me, coming here in the States, it was in Boone, New Jersey. It's kind of hard leaving. I used to tell people, hey, you're hired, hey, you're fired, or coach people. Now, months later, I'm here in the states you know packing dog food and that's what i mean by i had a i didn't want to expose myself to really being seen by somebody to say hey ain't that the manager dear you know I, I was kind of you're trying to be low key low key to to be honest so i figured if i work at night nobody would see me mm. and i remember the first bag of dog food i lift I cried. <laughs> I'm like, God, what did I do to myself? 
<laughs> I swear to you, my wife was on the phone at that time and I cried, man. I said, man, I be packing dog foods here. What did I sign up for? And thank God I have a wife that encouraged me, say, hey, just hang on in there. You, you could do this and so on and so right, forth. Right, so the cat food is lighter. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that, <laughs> but that, <laughs> yes. So, so let me ask you a question. Uh -huh. So, um, okay, so you, you, what were you doing before you got that job? Because you came over, you said you had an opportunity to come over. Right. Basically get your citizenship and everything here, right? No. No? I actually got filed for so oh yeah filed my, for correct. okay got you what does that mean because I'm, I'm not sure filed for meaning i had family member here who filed for me so i was approved even before coming here. oh okay i got my green card and i got my eviction notice from the united states thank you very much <laughs> got <laughs> to it to tell got me it. to leave jamaica within six months okay so i had to leave the country oh man after my filing came through does that is that typical is that what normally happens if yes if whoever is filing for you is here and uh you're in another country. The paperwork is done here. As long as it gets approved, then the United States communicate with with the Jamaican consulate. And you can't be a dual citizen. Yes, at the time I had the option. Yeah, and I chose to pledge my allegiance to to the flag. Great, the well, great well, welcome. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So you said when you first got here, you were kind of like just laying around a little bit, right? You were like, I don't uh, want to. You was like, I don't want to lay around. That's the words you used. Just I don't, a little bit. Okay. Meaning like a, a couple of weeks. It didn't okay, last for three it, weeks. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Because you don't look like the kind of guy that lays around for too long. No. All right. right. So, uh -huh. so the first job you get is Walmart. Walmart, the first job. All right. So you lifting the dog food. You crying to your wife now. So, okay, what, what happens after that? Um, I ended up getting another job. I started to work at Payless shoe store. Okay. So my brother uh, hooked me up, you know. So I had a day job now, full time. Then I um, moved from that job, not moved. I added another job, so I ended up having three full time jobs. I was working at a company out of New York called uh, Cablevision, Cablevision okay. um, Internet Company. And as God would have it, I ended up moving up in rank to the same position I had in Jamaica. Okay. So I had three jobs at the time. I used to work five days a week. So Jamaicans do have a lot of jobs. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's true. It's it's very true. It's not a myth. It's not in you our said blood. I had to sit. three jobs. Go ahead, I had man. three jobs within five months of. And they're all here. different. That's crazy. Yes. You work at Payless. You mm -hmm. got the dog food and then yes. cable vision. That's <laughs> correct. So I used to <laughs> do all three jobs. I How did, did you find the time to do all that, man? Well, so you work at night at Walmart. I mean, at Walmart. work at nights. Yeah. I used to work Sunday to Sunday through Thursday every night at Walmart. The job starts at eleven, and it you know we get off at five, and then I'll go from there. I'll probably sleep in my car sometimes. I leave from there and go to Cablevision, you know, and then on my days off I go full time at Payless. So I never, I was never getting any rest. Wow, man, you was hustling very much. So. All right, keep on going. Because I mean, I had my wife. You yeah, know, you gotta take care of her. Bills yeah. and expenses. So 100%. I, you know, I, I have seen how the world is set up. Like, in order to be successful, you have to do more than the average. That's right. So I believe, honestly, that if you work a nine to five, it's just to get by, unless you're making millions of dollars. But any hour outside of nine, 10, 12, that's how you invest into your future. Yeah. And that's the mentality that I have. I like that. Right? I like that. All right, so working three jobs. Yes, sir. What happened next? Keep, keep um, going with the Working story. three jobs. I ended up quitting Walmart okay. and <laughs> quitting Payless because there was an opportunity to work overtime. Okay. So at the time...
All right, guys, Truck and Hustle has now partnered with Transpo CFO, powered by Venning. Transpo CFO offers a streamlined monthly subscription for businesses to consolidate their accounting, payroll, and tax needs into one flat monthly rate, saving businesses a tremendous amount of time and money while making their financial operations much smoother for the long road ahead. Check out Transpo CFO in the description below and tell them Truck and Hustle sent you. Now, let's get back to the show. The money was I was making at Walmart, an opportunity presented itself to work uh, overtime at the com cable company that I was working for. And I'm like, if I work an hour and a half, that's time and a half. So that money is twice the amount of working one hour. At Walmart. At Walmart. So right. I quit Walmart. Okay. Then the same thing played out to um, Payless. I ended up quitting Payless and I devoted all my time to just working cable vision and um I started doing, I think Hurricane Sandy came about. Okay. Um, back in, I'm not sure. What's that, like 12, 13, 14? N no, it's 2000 and, 2012, 13. 12? Correct. Okay. Around that time. All right. And uh, an opportunity present itself, presented itself where James Dolan at the time, owner for New York Knicks, he's the owner for the company at the time. Yeah. They had this thing called premium pay. So you will get like three times the amount of your hourly salary if you come in because it was declared a uh, disaster back in Jersey. Right. So at the time I was killing it. I started to work from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. every day. And then they also asked for individuals to watch the generators because in the, you know, the high society communities, you know you can't have them not without cable. <laughs> so I used to go there at 12 in the night to sit, watch the generator. If the red light comes on, I would call a number and say, hey, the red light came on, which means it needs fuel, and they will send somebody up there. So I used to drive all the way back in Bonton, Morristown, New Jersey, to watch the generator. Sometimes I can hardly make it back to start my shift at 6, but it was premium money. It was paying like, I think I made like $400 a night. $400 a night just a to night. sit based just, on the money that was Just watching a generator. So I did that for two to three months, man. And okay. two to three months, I had so much money. I... I, I almost felt rich. <laughs> <laughs> how, much did you have? how much money do you have? How much did you stack up? I remember my first paycheck um, was over $8,000 in two weeks after taxes. <laughs> okay. okay. And that went on for three months. Wow. Okay. And um, I had so much money saved up that time that I went back to Jamaica. I bought a piece of land. Mm. And I went back into the car rental business. I left some cars with a friend of mine. Okay. I used to drive a 1998 Mitsubishi Mirage. had no AC or anything in it. Um, I was very proud of that car. <laughs> <laughs> and I upgraded that car. I got me something nice. And I dumped a lot of money in my 401k okay. at the time. Okay. I had my 401k. I thought it would be 25% at the time. Got it. Match. Yes. 25%. So, so you're, you're just stacking money. I was just stacking. Saving. Uh, got a nice 401k, got some cash in your pocket. Yes. Everything's good. With my head screwed on. All right. Talk to me. What happens next? Uh, what happened next is I was enjoying myself at this company. And um, years passed by. Back in, my brother, Omar Wiltshire, Wiltshire Trucking, yeah. he called me one day around 2000. And 2013 to 14 they were about and he'd be like hey bro um you need to go get your cdl and i'm like i've been doing call center work all my life what do you mean get my cdl <laughs> i don't know nothing about trucking so he's like you never know what the future holds you know so go get your cdl and um because he was doing trucking at that time 
So I went to, uh, was a school back in New Jersey. I think their name is uh, uh, a trucking company down in S- South. Smith and Solomon? There you go. Smith and, thank you, sir. Yeah. I, went, I went there too. That's how I know about them. Right. So I would go there at 4.30 a.m. in the morning before I go to work. Okay. So I ended up getting my commercial license at Class A eventually. Sitting in my pocket for years. Um, after that, I uh, I got a, I was at church because I, you know, recently gave my life to the to the Lord, right. and I started to, you know, be in church a lot. So I was invited to a church service back over in Patterson, New Jersey. A friend of mine invited me to a Friday service, and um, went there. Pastor was preaching, you know, started prophesying and. Alter call, she started to describe an individual, and I'm like, ain't she talking about me? Because <laughs> she described this individual, and I know it was me. She said some stuff that the person was going through because at the time the company was being sold to a company called Altis, and there's no way she knew about that because that person she said was the from actual Jamaica. company name. It's Altis now. She said Altis, like out of mouth. No, I the, the her words. Oh, okay. her words was. Hitting, got describing you. this individual. Got it, got you, it, got it, got it. You got call it. center and so on and so forth. Got it, and got like, it, got it. And it was you. So she's like, come on up here. I start to look behind me like, she ain't talking about me. Mm. But eventually I was led to the altar and she looked at me. My wife went up there with me and she looked at me and she said, hey, the Lord showed me you, your profile. I see you driving a very big, big truck. And the Lord said, he's going to have you open your business if you stay true to your word. Hmm. Of you. <clears throat> okay. Man, on my way home, I wanted, I asked my wife, I said, you know, no disrespect, man. I'm not critiquing the woman of God, but I think she was on something. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no way, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. She described me, right. told me about me, but I just couldn't get the part that driving trucks. Correct. A couple weeks later, a good friend of mine, never forget this day, about 5.31 morning, um, good friend of mine, Natoya Cole, called me and she's like, hey, I know it's early and I apologize for calling you, but I got a word for you. I said, what is that? She said, you know, I was praying and the Lord brought you up in front of me. And the Lord said, you need to go down to Maryland and go prophesy over any area and he's going to establish you there. Mm. And it's weird because she, I didn't tell her about the encounter that I had weeks before right. at the church. So right, right. Time, you know, a couple months passed by, my brother, you know, I came to see my brother because I have a very, very, very good relationship with my brother. And, um, you know, I came to visit him. And coming down off of 95, I remember it's like a, it's like a phone call from heaven. Just got it in my, flash in my brain saying, hey, you were told to prophesy. You're in Maryland. now." I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm in Maryland. So I was in Bowie at the time and I stopped, pulled over the car. And I said, Lord, you told Abraham, as far as his eyes can see from the east to the west, it's his. And I prophesy under the, with the same faith like Abraham. Mm. I don't know. You said I'm in Maryland now, so I'm prophesying. I want to establish myself here. I was in Bowie at the time. So the Lord's word never returned unto him void. And as time would have it, I ended up moving here. The same description of the job, it happened. I ended up coming down here as a dispatcher for my brother because mm. I never, I ended up leaving the job that I couldn't stay at that place anymore. Right. Well, don't, I believe that when you're being, when you get a word from God, don't fight it. Because mm. 
I was so uncomfortable, and I can't produce in an uncomfortable environment. So I came down here and uh, started doing dispatching. I was traveling twice a week coming down from New Jersey. Here, I was doing like 1,600 miles a week because my wife at the time had a, we had our second son. So I had to go back and forth, back and forth. And you probably know what this, what the distance is. From yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to do that twice a week coming down here to do dispatching, helping out, you know, learning the business. The business. Not to own my own truck, but <clears> just to say, you know what, if I'm going to live my life to the fullest and I got God's word, this is where I'm going to be. So I ended up coming down here. What's the business look like when you when you join? I'm sorry? What's, what does the business, your brother's business, look like when you join? Like, how big is it? Uh, my brother was doing very well for himself. Um, he, he, he was running, um, he's a broker as well. So he was doing like, 50, I would say 50 to 50 to 70 trucks a day. Okay. So he has uh, 25 dump trucks for himself. Okay. So I was dispatching over 50 trucks a day. Got it. So he was doing very well for himself. I was super busy doing yeah. dispatching for him. Now, what did that dispatching job look like for you? You said you do it two times a week? You'd come up? No, no. I used to travel back and forth. So I could be here for the entire week. Oh, But I'll just run back on a Wednesday, so you come check on, on the wife, check on the kids. And then come back for the rest of the week. And then come back, drive back down the same day. Got it. Got it. So, okay. So continue. So um, dispatching taught me a lot. I mean, based on what I used to do, and my experience, it wasn't that hard for me. Call center, right? Call center, I was managing over 6,000 employees and stuff like that. So right. managing 50 trucks, telling them where to go and all of that good stuff, it's like second nature. So it wasn't that hard. The challenging part was, you know, drivers would have been calling like 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I don't understand my schedule. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. At least let me sleep. Go, You know what I'm saying? So right. it was kind of challenging. And my brother is... Uh, as a strict person, you have to answer the dispatch phone. So you don't want to miss a call because you're going to hear his voice. That's right. So, um, your brother was, older than you or younger? He's younger. Younger? Okay. Just older. Weird. This is cuts. <laughs> younger, older? <laughs> younger, older. I call, him, I call him kid, my little kid brother. So okay. That's where dispatch landed me. Um, I, I didn't like it that much because, you know, I started not to feel comfortable. I wanted more. And one day, uh, you know, I had a dream. And in the dream, sounds like a story, right? <laughs> it's a good in story. In the dream, um, I just had a vision. And it's like, hey, tell your brother that, you know, you need to go drive your own truck. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, you need to. Because I could drive a dump truck because I went to school for it. Right. But I just got the license and it was dormant for many years. Yeah. So I didn't really know how to. I had to probably get somebody to teach to me. To teach again. you again, right. So long story short, one day he just told me in his office, he, you know, I'm like, man, I want to tell him, but I can't. He's my brother. Maybe he's going to fire me or something. <laughs> yeah. But he just looked at me and he's like, hey, I don't think this is working out for you, man. Um, your last day in dispatch. It's like, okay. So he said, um, moving tomorrow, I'm going to send you with one of my drivers, Jermaine, at the time. So he put me with one of his drivers and said the driver should have, you know, teach me how to you know get back in the groove i only lasted like three days or a week with that guy he was all about his money he yeah. will give me the truck maybe if he stopped that he's pulling over to the royal farms or somewhere he will slow down stop the truck like a mile away and say drive it down because <laughs> <laughs> he never want me to mess up his uh flow right so that's how i i i got a little bit of practice until about a week later 
My brother just called me and said, hey, you're going to work today. So he put me in a truck. I can only shift four gears because you know the truck has one, two, three, four. You put it in high, high range. Yeah. I didn't know how to pass four. Mm. So I didn't even know how to dump my first load. Oh, man. So he said, call him when I reach the dump site. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up going to the dump site while I'm driving there, our favorite our best friend, Mr. D.O.T., pulls me over. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my goodness, what did I do wrong now? So the officer came up to the truck. He's like, um, where are you heading? I said, I'm heading like uh, maybe another 15, 20 minutes, sir. He's like, um, you know why I pulled you over? I said, I, I don't know. He said, listen, man, you're driving too slow. You see all that traffic? <laughs> Impeding traffic. Like, Long line of traffic. Yeah. It's like, you sure the truck is okay? I said, officer, to be honest, it's my first time out and I can't pass the fort. <laughs> <laughs> I was just being honest. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like, okay, hurry up, get off the road, and don't come back till you can at least shift to five. <laughs> oh, my God. So that was my first time out. And I started to, you know, get practice. My brother will take me every now and again, practice. And eventually, I end up buying my first truck. Okay. This was like maybe... Two months after driving around, he put me on some local jobs where you just, like an hourly job, pipe work job, you just sit there. So it wasn't a job that requires me to do much. Yeah. So Tell me about that process. You, you end up buying your first truck. So what made you go out, stop working, and say, you know, I'm going to buy my truck? What was the, the, the circumstances that happened to make you feel comfortable doing that? Um, of course, you know, I got the word. To buy my truck but my brother allowed me to practice he played a vital role in you know sourcing um a friend of ours cnr trucking well we bought a truck when i bought my first truck i had the money saved up that's the good thing when i started out i had the money saved to up. buy the truck out right yes i bought my first truck how much you pay for it <laughs> i paid uh 50 50 well i one of my Trials and tribulation really was the price of the truck. Okay. Um, the, the guy changed the price on me like three times. <laughs> okay. So he agreed that next week, Monday, he will hand the truck over. Because the truck wasn't working at the time. It had a blown engine and stuff. But the price got changed on me three times. Where did it, it start? Was, it started at 35 <laughs> And it just kept on and graduating? a day later, he called me. He's like, hey, you know, I really like this truck. And <laughs> I think if I'm going to give it up, it's going to be you know, 40000 I said, okay. Yeah. Two days later, he called back again. I say, hey man, I think, I think it's forty-five thousand. Wow! I'm, I'm not kidding you. The Monday, the Sunday, actually, I got a call. This guy said fifty grand. <laughs> so if you want it tomorrow, right? Come up with come it. Get I'm like, it. man, I only have that much in my account. So my wife told me at the time, like, hey. Just go for it. You know, like they say with the saints, press along, saints, press along. I just decided to press along with the pur purchase. Yeah. And my brother told me that based on the type of truck and the engine the truck had at the time, don't worry about the engine not working because once the engine is repaired, then you're going to have a good truck. Mm. So I ended up purchasing um, that truck for 50 grand. 50,000 dollars. flat broke, borrowed some money. Emptied out the bank account. Emptied out my 401k. 401k. Yes, I took all my retirement savings. I took a big, uh, I think it's a leap of faith. Yeah. I had, you know, one or two influential people in my life that tried to convince me not to do it. But, you know, 
faith without works is dead man we only have one life we you know we walk by faith not by sight so that's I, right i i put all my life savings into that one truck mm. and um you see where i'm at today <laughs> got you all right so you, you you get the truck and you said you you start working so are, is your brother helping you out with some jobs how are you getting to work of course um definitely um i i started working but can i say something before I started absolutely working? that truck after the engine got repaired had a major major light issue i had to operate with the sun coming up and going down only the headlights would work. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I either had to leave the yard at 7.30 when the light come, came out when the sun, <laughs> and and go back from before the sun. Before the sun. Out. You're running with the sun. So the sun was my fav- my best friend at the time. That's right. Until that issue got um, fixed. Okay. Right? So my brother at the time, he, as I said, he he's a broker. And um, I mean, you're brokering. 50 to 70 trucks i'm not worried about work right, right <laughs> i'm right. your brother right plus i'm your bigger brother right 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 <laughs> so i wasn't concerned much about work to be honest okay mm-hmm. so what, what what kind of work were you doing when you first got started when i first got started i was hauling dirt you know mostly dirt jobs contaminated you know running from my first job was from the the air force base up in uh off of uh white marsh road in baltimore mm-hmm. we used to haul dirt all the way over to a place called Hagerstown, like two and a half hours. <laughs> okay. And that was my first job, man. And I wasn't familiar with the truck. And man, I, I'm glad. Maybe I, I, I almost thought I needed to wear a diaper on my first. <laughs> <laughs> how, how long did it take you to get into the flow? Because you, you said you could barely shift the gear. So how, how long did it take you to get comfortable behind the wheel? I would say maybe two weeks to be honest a couple of weeks because i'm a fast learner and okay th- i had no choice right when your back is against the wall you had you have no more no option but to just take the the, the bull by the horn yeah and i got the flow of it pretty fast okay you know? all right so now you're in business for yourself things are changing your brother is helping you out with the with the loads correct but now you're a business person so how does that change things for you what do you what do you have to think about now you know, for your business, not you're not an employee anymore, right? I well, very good question. Um, not an employee anymore. I don't just have responsibility as a husband or a father. I now have a responsibility as a, a business owner. Right. So, I ended up buying a, my second truck, brand new, KW, eight months after I started driving my own truck. Okay. And. Um, if you listen to what people say about you, you'll if you follow that, you'll never go anywhere. I believe if you know having a dream, you know, and 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 being intentional, it you know, with faith you can move mountains. So with that being said, I bought my second truck because I always looked at it like my brother is a broker. I should be able to get another truck. I'm not worried about work. So I bought my second truck, a brand new KW, and by the way, I have a point and sign credit, so zero down at the time. Okay. And I rolled off a brand new truck, had my second truck, so that's how I started acquiring. And um, How much did that truck cost you, though? What was the, what was the cost of the truck? Uh, that truck through the door was like two, uh, $276,000. $276,000? $276,000. The truck was about um, 178000 at the time. And then, you know, you know, registration and stuff, another twenty five. dollars Got a dump and all that? I, yes. That's with the dump, everything? 
No, two hundred and seventy-six thousand. It okay. cost me. Is it everything completely? Everything completed to the door. Okay, got mm-hmm. you. And what was your note on that? Would you have to pay monthly? Yes, I had to pay monthly. Um, three thousand. I paid so often. <laughs> <laughs> I had three thousand three hundred and eighteen dollars and eighty-three cents. Okay, I paid every month. All right, got it. But mm-hmm. now we gotta we gotta make the money for that note, right? So now you gotta hire a driver. You know, before I bought I bought that truck without a driver. <laughs> okay. I don't know, man. I'm just a man of faith. Do you think you're going to b- drive both trucks? I don't. I No, I didn't think I was going <laughs> to drive both trucks. Because remember, one of my trucks was already paid for. Correct. That's already a cushion. It's already on the side. So I'm saying, so Makes I sense. started to drive the new truck myself. Uh, then I put the word out for a driver. Okay. So I'm saying, so okay. that, that's how I... So you start driving the new truck, and um, then you put the word out for the drivers. How do you find your first driver? My first driver I found, uh, it's word of mouth. A good friend of mine, Santana Trucking. Okay. You know, he referred. I think I've seen him before. Santana Trucking. He yeah. does tractor trailers. Yeah. Yeah, so he was a, he's still a good friend of mine. And he referred this young lady to me by the name of Angie. And um, Young she, lady? Yes. She, Women are the best drivers. Yes, I always I say I totally it. agree with that. They're, they're, they're safe. They're detail-oriented. They're organized. Mm-hmm. They care about the job. There you go. And they have a, a point to prove. That's correct. They have a chip on their shoulder a lot of times mm-hmm. because they're the quote unquote male dominated industry. So they they, they gotta come out here and do their thing. So correct. Women make great drivers. And she's still with me. Okay. Until today. So she was your first driver. First driver and she's still with me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Got you. All right. So now you start building the business. So tell me about like how you start scaling and how you start building your your company. I I said I only wanted two trucks and that's it. (laughs) And of course Lane Construction, the name Lane is from my son's name. Liam, my first son is Liam Alfonso, and uh, my second son is Isaiah Noah Wayne Wilshire. So I just took their take their first two first initials L A, and my second son A um, I N, and put it as Lane. Okay. So that gives me the drive every time I see the trucks and the business. I know I'm doing this for my kids, you know, That's generational right. wealth, and I'm just doing it for them, really. So um, I ended up buying a, a another truck. It's like every year I started to add on. And before I do anything, I always pray about it because this is a, I'm a God-fearing person and I, I believe in prayer. So I incorporate prayer in everything I do before I, you know, I have to feel that move to do stuff yeah. you know, and get the clearance. So I bought a third truck. And when I bought the third truck, I didn't have a driver for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Another brand new truck. No, this was not brand this new. This is not brand new. Okay. I took all my savings again. I had to rely on my wife again for some, because it's the tough dump. Dump truck is is tough, especially where repairs is concerned. Yeah. So you'll be making a lot of money, but you will have one problem that will take all of that money and some. Gotcha. So I had to rely on my, you know, little savings. I borrowed some money from my dear brother at the time, and um, put together some money from my wife, myself, my brother, and I purchased. A third truck because it was a good deal so i couldn't allow that deal to pass got it you know? got it so now you have three trucks no i have three trucks yeah in the red you owe some people some money yes sir and it's continuing to grow talk, talk to me about the business like the operations what type of money are you making are you still running the same routes that um are you only relying on your brother for work or uh, are you start expanding working with other brokers talk, talk to me about that uh no i'm not reliant on my brother anymore 
you know he you know like the eagles kicking out their chicks <laughs> <laughs> you know my brother and i bump heads sometimes and um he's of course my mentor he still is give great advice and insights that being said i he started to give me he was the I, my first contract that i have for myself was given to me by him okay he said to me like hey you know i'm giving you this customer it's not going to be through me. You build this customer directly, you keep all of it. Because he's a broker, you know. Once the money goes to a broker, they have to do what they have to do. Yeah. So at the time, he gave me, you know, a company, a little asphalt company. And they're still my number one customer until today. Okay. And um, he said, take it over. And um, this is what I'm doing for my niece, for my nephews, you know, my niece and my nephews. Yeah. So that's all yours so that's how i started and then i watched how he operated and with the knowledge that i have it i believe if you study successful people and do what they do you'll do better than them if you study unsuccessful people and don't do what they do you will never be like them right or you'll so, be just as better at being unsuccessful there you go <laughs> so that's what i i started to build my own till until i uh started to print my own tickets I, my first batch of tickets was 500 tickets i really didn't have much job so mm. i'm like when is it that i'm gonna use these tickets and stuff so um with that i started to uh i bought another truck because i had a friend of mine came from jamaica say he was with his mom in in in, in florida so i said hey man come see me I know he's a smart guy. He came to me like three, four years ago, and I'm gonna tell his name is Gregory Peart. And um, he just came to visit me, and he never left. I trained him. I, you know, taught him how to drive the dumb truck. Mm. Took him in the brand new truck, got his license, and he drove that truck that I bought. And he was dedicated, you know, still is dedicated. And um, we moved from there to uh, acquire. We had the 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 um the covid came in mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. i had three trucks so at the time that this was like three years ago and um a friend of mine said hey you know grandson is selling out some trucks you know getting new trucks i'm like man he sent me a picture and he said this one is going for thirty five thousand. i purchased the truck because it was a good truck and i still have that truck in my fleet today so i bought that truck from um grandson never have a driver Every time I buy a truck, I never had, a, never have a driver, and you know the driver came along, and then COVID came along, mm. and everybody was running, you know, uh, crazy. Everybody worried about the corona. I be, it was a blessing for me. I have never been so busy in my entire trucking career mm. as it as I was in COVID. <laughs> what were you busy doing? The same thing or different jobs? I got. My brother again gave me this uh, this guy who wanted truck, but the guy was so specific. He told my brother like, "Hey, I need if you have a dedicated driver, you know, a driver who is on time." He gave a, my brother a description of me. <laughs> so <laughs> I happened to come to his office, and he was like, "Oh, here's the guy you're looking for." And he introduced me to the guy, and um, I started to do some night asphalt work with him until I had when the COVID came. When I, the work was slow, to be honest, but this is how he got picked up. I got a call from him one morning. He said, hey, um, do you have a truck available? At that time, I had no, you know, it was very slow. I had 
I had my truck sitting in the yard, <laughs> you know, but I have drivers who live in close by, very dedicated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't tell him, I'm like, yeah, I have a truck available. He said, could you send the truck up here? You know, I'm Owens Mills. I sent the truck there and he agreed to pay me the start time of seven because technically I'm helping him. Right. So they agreed to pay me the start time, not when the truck gets there, but from seven o'clock. Okay. So then he calls me back another hour. Do you have another truck or two? I'm like, what's up with this guy? And uh, I say, yeah, no problem. I'm a, I tell him, I'm going to pull the truck and, you know, let you have it. Then he called me back a fourth, a third time for another truck. Called my driver. When driver was unavailable, I jumped in the truck myself. Mm. <laughs> Drove up to Owens Mills and... I realized it was a big pipe job at the time. They were doing like seven miles worth of pipe work. And the evening after I went home, he said, you know what, man? I had this guy contracted with me and um, he's a no-show. Still isn't answering his phone. And I like how your team came out there and performed. I wanna make an offer to you. This job is gonna go for over a year. If you can commit to me, Two trucks every day. That's all I need from you. Mm. Two trucks every day. You can stay in this job until completion. And that was when I landed one of my biggest contracts. All because I showed up. My drivers did what they were supposed to do. And um, it went from there. So all, all through COVID, that's what I've been doing. Pipe work, mm. which is one of the easiest jobs to do. Pipe work? Yeah. You just have your truck sit there. And basically, the contractors will dig you know dig strategically around the pipes load the trucks up but most of the time you're sitting so those are easy jobs where you know i strive for the you know i like those kind of jobs so they're digging around the pipe or they're digging dirt around the they're pipe digging yeah and you're, then you're taking that dirt out taking it to their yard correct okay so the truck doesn't move until the truck gets loaded right because sometimes they may hit a, a gas line and it may take an hour or couple of hours before the fire truck gets there give clearance to start digging again right so those but are they still jobs. pay you from time the truck is there which will start at like seven o'clock yes sir typically how long will you be there like will, will the truck sit uh, there um sometimes nine and a half ten hours okay mm -hmm. so the truck is just pretty much sitting there all day how many loads of that would you do if everything's working correctly how, how, how many loads would you do i would say each truck do Two, three loads down the street. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it's close. Very close, like a mile. They normally have, when they do government contracts like that, they normally have a yard where, you know, they store the material because no dump is open at certain hours of the night because yeah. they converted the job to a night job. So we would have uh, take the material to their yard in the night and then in the morning, you know, of course, they hire the trucks to take it to the open um, dump sites. How many other uh, companies are out there with you? Or was it just, like with on that job just the guys trucks and my trucks so just you you just, have that exclusively he gave it exclusively to me and um if i needed an extra spot um i always could ask and he'll say yes okay so that's yeah. pretty special that's a huge opportunity that's a big blessing yeah, of course and then um after that sba played a vital role in my growth um of course you know the government sba small business administration um I got aid in from them. So, you know, it helped stabilize my cash flow, thank yeah. God. And um, I also bought some newer trucks. Okay. That's where I started to grow, you know, larger than I was. Got it. So the business model now, just talk to me a little bit about, little bit about how you 
run the business? What what are the, 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 the key performance indicators that you have to look at to make sure that you're profitable? Um, you know, just talk to me a little bit about the, the dump truck business. Uh, my KPIs would be the job. The I'm not so much big on the price of the job, to be honest. Why not? I believe in fairness. So the price, I don't go for the top dollar. If you only go for the, like my brother told me like, hey, don't always go for the moving the big mountain because when the mountain is, is moved, what else? You know, say for example, a guy, all he has in 100 acres is banana trees, right? 100 acres of banana trees, that's all he can, you can harvest is bananas. But you have a guy with 10 acres and on that 10 acres, you have some apple trees, some banana trees, bell peppers. He had a variety of different stuff. Mm -hmm. He said, that's the guy you want to work with. Because when the banana season is over, what next? Right. So the analogy is to get yourself situated with a customer who have work all year round. So the KPI for me, again, is not so much the money. The money is a key factor, but consistency. Mm. That's, that's what I go for. Consistency and doing a, a background, thorough background check on the potential contractor slash customer. How do you do that? I Google them. <laughs> what do you look for? I look when for their longevity. I look for what previous, I look for, you know, similar to Google, I look at their reviews. And, um, you know, I try to stick with a company that is, 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 is known. Mm. You know, and most of the times I run that by my brother. I try to keep my circle very small. I don't try to spread my wings too thin. You just need like maybe three good customers, and um, you you should be all set. So, what's something that would be like a red flag to you if you read it on Google about a customer that would make you not work with them? Uh payment issues. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll usually be right there in the comments, right? They Correct. this customer don't pay. Correct. All the time. Payment issues is is one of my greatest you know turn off yeah you have to pay i believe if i work and then some of these jobs you don't get paid until sometimes 30 to 60 days so i'm, I'm paying guys already to do the job and i have to wait 30 to 60 days to get my money yeah i, I don't want to wait until 30 to 60 days for you not to pick up the phone not to answer me or tell me hey I'm in, I'm in bankruptcy. Right. So I stay abreast of the, the, the run-ins and operations of customers that I, I, I... You service. I service because if they're going into bankruptcy, it's going to be under every... You can find everything on the internet. How often does that happen in, in your industry? Very often you see we're, um, you know, very often because this industry is up and down. So you will find where contractors either uh, are not paying the sub, the trucks or the jobs get shut down. Also, you said earlier, um, fairness is important to you when it comes to price. So what, what is a fair price and how do you, how do you decide what's, what's fair? Because at the end of the day, are you bidding on these projects or is somebody just saying, okay, this is what we're paying? Um, currently, I honestly don't bid on any project um, because I have customers who have their own, you know, like landscaping cost companies, asphalt companies, you, do, you don't need to bid on that. Mm -hmm. Your uh, work speaks for itself, you know. You, 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 there is no, they don't put it out. If a customer is happy with you, they're not gonna look anywhere else. Got it. If they're happy with your drivers and your performance, 
90% of the time, you don't have to worry about someone else underbidding you. Got it. But I'm saying more so <clears throat> when you first um, when, when, you, when you first acquire the customer, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> Are they basically saying, hey, this is what we pay <clears throat> to, oh. move, to, to do the job? Uh Accept it or reject it? Or are you saying, hey, this is what I charge to do the job? Uh, <clears throat> the customer, I have a customer right now who told me what they pay. Say, oh, we pay $80 an hour. You know, that's what we pay. And I said to the customer, like, okay, I understand what you pay, but this is what I have to offer. I can give you a full fleet. You are, you are now, I have exclusive access to all my trucks. I can guarantee you three trucks every day. And the trucks that I'm guaranteeing you are experienced drivers. All my trucks have a sh grain chute on it. All my truck drivers, uh, all my drivers, they can do asphalt, milling. All my drivers have a, a clearance. Um, they call it a Twig card clearance. They have a government clearance. And some of these, sometimes you have contractors who get a contract on a government uh, facility and they need that driver with a clear driving record so when i'm selling the company these are things that i put out there like hey i understand you charge 80 but this is why i need 85 mm. because the time may come where the persons you're working for giving the work for 80 they don't have what i have my drivers can work night day or weekend i, I my drivers are ready to go so right. this is what a, you know entices a customer to know that dependability. If I if I have nine trucks, right, and you're a customer, I if you if if, if John Brown is charging seventy dollars an hour, he only has two trucks. Now you have Lane Construction. I have nine trucks and some because I, I have my brother by my side if I need extra trucks. Extra capacity, yeah. They're gonna, if they're smart, they'll give me the job for a higher price because you're gonna have one of or two of 30 trucks showing up at your job every day versus a guy who only has two trucks. Right. The other morning, last week, I have two trucks that couldn't start because the weather, the, the, the temperature dropped. Two trucks that couldn't go out. Thank God I have a spear truck and yeah. I could call my brother and say, help me out. So that's what guarantees you work. This is what contractors want to see dependability because one truck being a no-show can hold up a whole job you know you right. could lose thousands of the contractor not having a reliable truck so that's my selling point and it always worked yeah. you know so you have to sell the value sell your value and don't undervalue yourself so you're able to get extra five dollars potentially on of the course job. of course what, what what price point do you want to be at in terms of well it varies uh it depends, you know, you have hourly jobs. If you have a job that hauls concrete, mm -hmm. I normally charge more for that. Okay, Because why? the concrete damages the truck. It's, it's wear and tear, it's hitting the bodies. Even though it's a steel body truck, it will pierce the metal sometimes based on how the loaders load. So the jobs are priced based on the material that we're hauling. Mm. So it's no set price for hourly jobs. It just fluctuates based on what the job entails. Okay. You know? Okay, so typically, can you give us a, a ballpark figure of what you charge for that hourly? Like, let's say, like, the, the one you just now spoke of, the, uh, what you say? It was con concrete. Concrete. Well, that's that a, well, typically. That's, that's a higher, that's like that's a higher a, premium, right? If, if I'm hauling concrete, I'm going a, I'm to a charge anywhere from 90 to $95 an hour. Okay. Even though that's cheap. 
to be and honest. That's still cheap. It's competitive. It's a competitive rate. It's higher than what you know other guys are making, but fear price is around ninety to ninety-five dollars an hour because any given day a concrete can bust your tailgate, cost you a couple hundred dollars to repair it. Mm. So you know, asphalt jobs are a bit a little bit cheaper. You know, anywhere from maybe uh, I would say from. A 75 to probably 85 bucks an hour because asphalt you know it's not hard on the trucks the trucks does park up and wait on the pavement and so forth it's easy e as you would say easy money yeah, yeah, yeah so i'm not worried about asphalt jobs and it doesn't take a lot of fuel as you can see the price for fuel is 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 skyrocket now yeah. so you know you go for jobs that are require you not to run up and down the highways that you know i go for jobs that as you do stay yeah. local and close stay local and close how how transparent are you with your drivers do your drivers know how much you get paid for the jobs and how does that work um people talk and of course my drivers know you know if they want to ask because sometimes you have owner operators out there running their own trucks and they talk to drivers <laughs> and they say right so I, I'm very, very transparent with my with my drivers. I've never had, I don't have issues where a driver would say, hey, he's making this and I'm making this. No, I pay my drivers well. I take care of them. Mm. So they they don't even want to go out there and entertain any conversation. <laughs> I, yeah, I treat them right. I pay them right. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm very, very transparent with them. And so much to say i don't even discuss rates with my drivers like they don't as long as they they know what they're, they're worried more about their timesheet right. not what i make and that's some of the challenges other owners have where you may have a driver coming in and looking at what you're making and then start to think that i had a driver one time to be to be honest that said that he's no longer with me by the way that i'm getting he's making me rich and he, that word came out of his mouth and i'm like if you know the the recipe for making me rich, uh, why are you not, you know, putting that own recipe on yourself? <laughs> right. So you have drivers who who come in and uh, will watch what you make, and you even though you agree at the price, but you know, I don't have issues. I I try to be. I am very transparent with my rates. Yeah. And some of the rates have what they call fuel surcharge, so I already I have regular meetings with my drivers you know where safety meetings safety meetings and i will include uh rates like hey this job if you go out there and you hear it's 110 dollars a load i'm paying you from the from 95 or i'm paying you from 100 this is why tied into this rate the customer have fuel surcharge so some of these rates so some of these other uh, guys will tell drivers like 110 dollars but they don't say hey fuel surcharge so I try to educate my drivers as much as possible because I'm not looking to have a driver with me all the days of my life I believe one of the drivers leaving to do their own thing makes me feel good as an owner mm. because when you leave and buy your own truck you're gonna learn from me right you're not gonna learn from me and leave here like a bum you when you leave here you should i should feel good to say hey i run into this guy he said he you know that's word of mouth i want to educate you here you learn as much as possible here that when you leave you're not working for somebody else you're going to do your own thing and that's the culture that i have here and that's what you did pretty right? much correct right got you now are there other ways to get to get paid i know um hourly is one way do you, you can also do weight right as well tonnage tonnage correct so tonnage. do you do those kind of jobs also we do everything okay um what do you prefer and why? 
I prefer, honestly, hourly jobs. If I'm doing tonnage, it has to, it have to, th that's the job that I have to get paid very, very well. I, have to, I, I, I require premium money. The reason why I say that is we haul, okay, all our trucks, and that's another selling point too, all of our trucks have a portion tags. A portion tags, I'm not sure if you're aware. I am, I but can for go, the audience, go into that. For the audience, um, means that all my trucks can go into any, any state. And I have an annual DC permit, so I'm not restricted by any area. So even last week, we went down all the way, four and a half hour drive to Shenandoah, Virginia. And that was a very, very good job. <laughs> we only haul one load and make twice the amount that a regular truck would make working locally. So it have to, I believe that the rabbit have to, you know, have meat on it for my dog to leave the Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I so, like that. But if I have a choice, hourly jobs. Less, less strenuous on the trucks, and it preserves the life of the truck. How do you price the tonnage jobs? I, I go above and beyond. I go by miles. If I'm going to price a job, I do that myself. I have a dispatcher who does a very, very good job. You know, but when it comes down to pricing, I'm very good at that. Um, I look at the mileage. Yeah, can you, can you explain what goes into it? So somebody okay. who, uh, like, what's the formula? Well, this is my formula. Your formula. Uh, my formula, I look at the mileage. I look, is the truck going to go through the tolls? Like, I go to Pennsylvania on the borderline of New Jersey for cobblestone sometimes. And how I price that job is you got to go to tolls, up 95, Delaware. You got to go through PA. So I already factor in all of that. Because what you don't want to do is to say I'm charging, example, say just say $500 for this load. And then after the truck does the route, you look back and like, this was told, that was this. I sit and I spend time and look at the toll, look at the terrain. I take everything into consideration because sometimes, you know, the truck loaded going up a hill burns more fuel. So I take everything into consideration. It has to work my while and the drivers as well. So I look at the time that the driver have to reach the yard. I take everything into consideration. For a, a job in New Jersey, uh, going all the way up there, that's like a, a, a $1,500 load because if I'm gonna drive four and a half hours, that means I have to leave my, or the drivers have to leave at a certain time, 2.30, 3 o'clock the latest. That's a sacrifice. You're coming out of your bed, leaving your uh, family. You know, you should be properly compensated because you should have a price differential. But I price the job based on um, the, the distance I look at the terrain and, 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 and the toll and the type of material as well. Mm. So if I'm going to charge, example, say $500 from point A to point B hauling some washed concrete sand, I'm not going to charge the same 500 to haul some boulders mm. <laughs> because the boulders is going to be banging your truck. Somewhere along the line, it's going to be rough coming out and something might get damaged. So I charge for distance and based on the type of the material. But how do you come up with that number, the difference between boulders or sand? Like, how, is, 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 a, is a boulder a dollar and sand is 50 cent? Like, how uh, are you formulating that number? Based on repair cost. Okay. <laughs> I've seen great costs. So you before. actually look at the repair that it yes. may potentially, there the damage go. potential to your truck. Correct. And you have to kind of weigh that into your price. I have to weigh that into the price because if, if you, if you, Eventually, if you he eat certain type of food every day, every day, it's going to have an adverse effect on your stomach yeah. <laughs> if you look at it that way. Yeah. So eventually, every day, it's going to cost more wear and tear with certain materials. So you have to charge premium money or do an upcharge for the material. 
Got it. Why why is some some jobs uh waiting and the other ones are hourly? What's the difference between those jobs? Just distance. It's the contractor. It's just the preference. So okay. you would never want to run asphalt by the load. You can't do that. It has to be an hourly job because when you think about it, sometimes you got state inspectors there based on if it's a government contract, state inspectors, it's time consuming. Okay, so let me give you this example. From yeah. point A to point B is uh, five miles, right? You charge $100. That's premium money, just saying. But what if you go on that job and you have to wait to dump your material? Now your day gets messed up. You can't go for another load because of the type of job. So certain type of job, you cannot do it by the load. You have to work by the hour. And certain jobs, you got to run by the load based on what you're doing. So it all depends on the type of job and the contractor. So you know, people are smart out here. So you know which jobs should be hourly versus which jobs should be low jobs. Right, right. So if sometimes you run into a job that was that is being paid by the load, should have been paid by the hour. You can be man enough and talk to the contractor like, hey, this is what we should have, you know. So you have jobs that are hour, load that should be hourly, like, we, there's a job over by Andrews Air Force Base. You will never get that job run by the, by the load because when the president comes in, that's where he flies into, Andrews Air Force Base. Mm. So when he's traveling, when the president is landing, everything is a shutdown. Right. So those type of jobs, you know, you take into consideration the surrounding, what the truck have to do, and then they know how to do our versus load. How, how are those, are, are those jobs like, is that... Are they tip? Are they misclassified a lot, or is it usually like on point? No, on point. It's usually good. That's never. Usually, that's never, never really an issue. Discrepancy there. No. Okay, got you. Now you said uh, the contractor. When you say contractor, you mean like a broker? Like who? Who are you getting most of your work from? Is it brokers or is it directly um, from the actual um, the, the the whatever you want to call it? It would be. I don't know what the proper name for them would be, but um, um, who who do you get your work from mostly? My brother, your brother, and I have my own job. So, the, so in your, in in the case, it'll be your brother who's a broker. Yes, he's the one that goes out. So, okay, so so jobs. he he's getting these jobs from who? From the contractors. From the contractors, and what is available? Correct. So, okay, how do, how do you find contractors? <laughs> uh you find contractor. Well, that's a tricky question. Most of the times is how the contractor finds you. Okay. Because if you're doing a great job and your name is out there, then it speaks for itself. But what if you're just getting right started? If you're just getting started, then you may want to... If Well, no one just gets up and buy a dump truck without knowing somebody who owns a dump truck. Okay. Th that's, that's just that's just That's it. just like common sense common is what sense. you're saying? You, yeah, of course. You're not going to buy a, a dump truck and not know... You may not know how to drive the truck as yet, but you're going to know... I'm getting into this. I should know this person. Somebody got to be a mentor. Somebody, there's some, somebody have to be involved. Nobody just gets up and buy a dump truck at random and then walks around doing stuff. So somebody. I mean, some people do, but not many not successful many. people do. Right. <laughs> but so, I have heard some stories out there. People just buy them and jump in and figure it out as they go along. That's true, but very rare. Yeah, yeah, it's very yeah. rare. But yeah, I get most of my jobs from my brother, but I have grown where I know um, connected with one or two other customers who gives me uh, like a, I work for a company called CPE mm -hmm. and um, they allow me to, you know, uh, broker trucks as well. Okay. Very good company to work for. Um, 
So sometimes it, it works. It works all the time. So if my brother had not allowed me to spread my wings and grow, sometimes I give him work. Yeah. Not not very often, but sometimes he may say, hey, you got a job? Because sometimes jobs cancel. Sometimes as the rain falls, you have jobs. So you always want to keep the wheel turning. Got it. Got so it. I have my own customers and I do get, you know, work from my brother as well. What's the dump truck community like? How how is it a cutthroat industry? Do guys work together? How do you f- feel like working with your peers? Tell me about that. Um, truth be told, it's a cutthroat industry. Sad to say. Um, but as long as you're solidified with, you know, the right if the customer trust you got to trust your customer and your tr- customers have to trust you cutthroat industry because i know of <laughs> i've known of situations where this guy got a lot of trucks and you know he just under undercuts most of the times you know he approached a customer of mine and he's like hey um i have the, twice the amount of lane trucks <laughs> mm. not only that I, I don't even need travel time because when you're doing hourly jobs, you always want to put, you know, it's customer where you add travel time to your charge. So if you work eight hours, at the end of the day, the truck gets nine hours. You call it travel time. Yeah. And the customer told, the guy told my customer, like, hey, I'm not even tra- charging you travel time. Matter of fact, I'll give you two trucks for free for one week. Let me know how you feel about that. Mm, man, he's so making it is, an offer he can't refuse. Yes. So it is a cutthroat industry. But if you have customers where you have already built a lasting relationship with, you have nothing to worry about. So it is, um, and it is, it is saturated as well. Yeah. You know, and you have, you know, there isn't a, com- one of the things I'd like to see is truckers coming on, on board together. I honestly believe there's no togetherness really in the dumb truck world here in Maryland, especially in Maryland, because sometimes these jobs are, are the contract, sometimes the, bro, not say the brokers, but sometimes the contractors are underpaying, honestly. Right. And then you, if you have guys who, if you have a community here that says, hey, you know what? We have a shutdown. We're not no truck ones because we want the price to go up. You're going to always find another set of guys who was just waiting for that opportunity to plug themselves in at a cheaper yeah, rate. always going to be one. Always going to. That's why that'll never happen. Be one. So it will never happen. Yeah. It's so always you, one that's willing to go against the grain and say, you know what? Everybody's going left, but we're going to we go, go right. right. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why I love my company name, Lane. You know? I just stay in my lane. Yeah. You know, I know that what I bring to the table, I'm not worried about nobody, to be honest. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not, you know, I've been doing this as as you can see, every year I continue to grow. This is not just by uh a mistake. Uh, every decision I make, like I say, I pray about it, it's intentional. And uh, so far I still retain the same customer base that I have and um my brother is still doing well for himself. So yeah, I got that on my side as well. Where so just so people understand, where's the company now? How many trucks do you have? And what are you guys kind of primarily focused on? We currently have eight powered units. Um, we well nine. We just bought another brand new dump truck. Um, we have a trailer. We do you know we can do equipment hauling, not like excavators, but like skid steers and so forth. We have a trailer. We do have a skid steer company owned skid steer Bobcat. Um, we have two Super Duty um, pickup trucks where we you know do like parking lots in the winter time. We do cleaning. Um, we have a service 
a fully decked out service truck. We do roadside assistance. I, I, I actually do that myself. So I no longer drive the trucks. I make myself available for my drivers. We also just started up a startup truck wash. So we do offer that service to you know other truckers in the vicinity. We also offer you know preventative maintenance you know for others you know who you know that's you know we offer that services as well. Yeah. So what made you start getting to all these other different verticals? Well, being be owning over. <laughs> With the number of trucks you have to, this is how you, you know, That's what you're doing for yourself. Because. So you figure it, out you could do it for other people as correct. well. Correct. If you see my repair bill sometimes, and these are repairs that I don't do myself. If when it comes down to engine work, I don't repair it myself. I have a company contractor named Supreme Repairs. Yeah. Um, they do all my repairs. And um, even as I try to contain the repair costs, it's, it's, it's an astronomical. It's amount. the average repair bill. Average repair bill. Well, right now, I think you had asked me that question earlier. We are what the company makes. We are at a two million over two million a year right now. Yeah, yeah. This company generates two million dollar gross. So out of that, um, the last time I saw the repair bill was, oh my goodness, over three hundred, almost three hundred thousand dollars. Wow. In repairs, and um, this is contained. I'm talking about. So for the year, three hundred thousand dollars for the year. Three hundred thousand dollars. And what, what are most of the repairs that, that cover the bulk of that cost? Is that like in PMs? Is that in um, engines being blown? Like what's, what's yeah, the, the, what takes the bulk of that? The bulk of that is engines just going bad. How often does that happen? Not very often, but, you know, these trucks go under immense pressure sometimes. And that's the reason why I was saying I prefer hourly jobs, you know. Yeah. They turbo because an average rebuild repair for engine going to run, depending on the engine, on average, it's going to take you like anywhere from thirteen to $20,000 easy. And then you have different PMIs, um, you know, stuff that happens like your rear end, if that gets messed up or you have a differential getting damaged, that's a couple thousand dollar repair right there. Mm. So if you think about it, I have uh, eight trucks and you think about each truck then that's where you get that bulk of the money, you know, going to repairs. Yeah, yeah. Wow, ton of money in repairs. Correct. Okay, cool. How, how much How much does each truck typically gross? You mean weekly? Weekly, yeah. <laughs> uh, anywhere from... Ballpark figure. Ballpark figure, you're looking at anywhere from 2,500 to maybe five grand okay. a week. Okay, depending on what they do. Some days the rain may fall, and if the rain falls, you can't work. So somewhere between that line, if you have a good week, you could do very good. Um, especially if you do like night jobs, you know, like your driver is willing to come out at night to do some asphalt or milling, mm-hmm. then you're 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 talking about you know up to seven thousand. Got it. So saying. when when that happens, when the rain falls, how do you compensate for that loss of of revenue? Um, for me personally, I. I uh, provide opportunities for my guys in the yard. So all of my drivers, every single one of them, the minute they come on board, I teach them how to adjust their brakes, how to do stuff, PMI. So there are times when I want to change some tires. I provide a job for my guys. If rain falls and the jobs get canceled, I still allow them to come to the yard. Once the rain stops falling, wash some trucks, mm. <laughs> you know, do stuff, and I'll just pay them at a... a, a a lesser hourly rate, which yeah. they understand, but it still keeps money coming in. So gotcha. I have a team who is committed and understand that if it rains, 
I keep money. And that's, you know, word out there for potential um, job seekers. You yeah. know, I provide work year round, you know. You will never have a really have a day that, you know, your job get canceled and I don't provide something for you to do. Do you plow in the wintertime? Certainly. Um, that's that's my, that's what I love about the dump trucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, we didn't get the snow that was planned for. And um, this year, you know, I, I do plow. I, I invested a lot, reinvested a lot of money into acquiring you know all our trucks are equipped to do snow plowing we, I, we acquired the two pickup trucks and that being said we have a gov we have the state contract so all my trucks mm. i did such a good job every year do such a good job that the state took all my trucks and i have an assigned route so every year, this is where no cutthroat can take place. Nobody can take my snow contract. Mm. And I say that proudly because my guys are properly trained. And they don't need a babysitter. And that's what the state wants, to know that they can you know, get involved with a company that does not need that micromanagement. You know your route. You know when to put the salt. You know when to plow that type of stuff. So um, we do that every year. Every year I have my contract awarded to me every year. How would you, how'd you get that? And how does it continue to be awarded to you? And how long do you have it for? Let's ask what? you a couple questions there. How'd you get it? How'd you how get did the state I get contract? it? Uh, my mentor again. Okay. My brother kicked me out because okay. he used to broker. <laughs> so he just told me one year, say, hey, you need to sign on with the state. You know, they're taking on trucks. He told you about it. It was very hard to get in. It took me over four, what, three years to get my first over three years really it took me three years or two years rather for me to get in with the state because it's so they have a number that they work with so if anyone the only time they increase is based on the year before or if someone who was on the contract decides hey i'm not working snow again then it opens the door for someone which else. which really probably happens which right? really happens because no one the snow no. money is good money yeah so i got in my brother told me about it and i got in with one truck and at the time i was driving and um, they saw how I performed. I was very communicative. I'm big on big on communication. So they saw how I worked, my ethic, and I asked them, hey, you know, I have another truck, which was Angie at the time. And um, they said, sure, if, if you're doing good and you have another truck, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a replica of you. So right. I got in and then I grew to four trucks. And every time I grow, I ask them and they say, yes, we need people like you, reliable. So I have eight trucks contracted with the state right now, and um, it gets renewed every year. And um, my customer, a customer of mine, one of my favorite customers, they have now diversified into um, doing parking lots and stuff like that. Mm. So I don't not only do asphalt and stuff for them, now they give me that part of the contract where I have provide them with the pickup trucks to do the parking lots. And I thank God my brother allowed me to leave the nest because <laughs> I split that between both of us. Got you. So, Got yeah, you. I, I have a six six vehicle contract. Okay. So I take two out of it and I give the rest to him. Got it. Is the uh, the snow money hourly as well? That's hourly, certainly. Okay. Hourly. Got you. Are you able to reveal what that what you get paid an hour for that? <laughs> 
Uh, ballpark? Of course. I mean, it's no secret what the state pays. Of course, I can tell you that. Yeah, you okay. Google the rate. Okay. It just depends. Anywhere from $190 to $225 an hour. Okay. It just depends on the area that you're in. And but, and am I right to say, like, when you when you get called on a snow contract, you get paid whether it snows or not, right? Certainly. Once they make that phone call, they will have what you call hold time and plow time, you know, but you get paid regardless you you know that's where that's what i strive for i hope the snow falls this summer <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah i'm looking forward to that look at california you know what i'm saying uh, i'm very i'm still hoping you might want to move some, out to california man trust me there's some opportunities out there with the snow these days and then um even in new york uh, my brother is liaison with you know the state of new york too mm. where if the snow falls over certain inches they call for trucks from him got it there was a case where he mobilized like 50 trucks one year send it up to new york from maryland okay so we're pretty vested in and, and looking forward to some snow Okay, where, where, for somebody looking to get into the dump truck industry, where, where would you say is the best place to start? Where's the best opportunities at? Uh, where are the opportunities at? The best place to start. Well, the best place to start, first of all, of course, you're going to get into it. You're going to know somebody, but is buying a truck. By, by buying a truck, you want to ensure that you first thing you want to know, you, you have to know where you're getting the jobs from, to be honest, if you want to be on the safe side, especially these days. I would say buy, try to buy a truck cash, to be honest. Get your, and if you're buying a truck, a used truck, ensure you have at least $20,000. Take this from me. At least $20,000 put aside because anything can go wrong on the truck. You know what I'm saying? You mm. could just buy a truck and then something happens and it takes a couple of thousand. I've seen it. I've lived it. So the best place to start is having a mentor, somebody who is in the business, somebody who, you know, somebody who you know preferably, who's going to, you know, be there for you and make sure that you work. You know, somebody is going to be fair and yeah. transparent with the rates. Got it. Yeah. What, what do you say to someone who says, who, who says that you wouldn't be where you're at today without your brother? I would say to that person that I wouldn't be, my brother wouldn't be where he's at today with somebody, and that somebody wouldn't be where they are to help my brother without God. Mm. That's what I would say, because you have to understand that without God, man cannot, and without man, God will not. So you have to understand that though I got the word, God had to provide a vessel. So he's not just going to give you the word. That's why faith without works is dead. If my brother wasn't available, I would have still been where I'm at today because I got the word. So if my brother wasn't cooperating under the unction, <laughs> God would have found somebody else. You forgot that we serve a God who allowed the donkey to talk. <laughs> somebody else would have been there. So uh, without my brother, if he didn't want to... If he was a crooked, wicked brother, yeah. God would find the right person. So it was I'm he here... Written. It's not because of my brother. I'm here because of my brother was just the, the conduit. The conduit. That the Lord used. It was written. It was written. It was you know, written already. His word don't return to him void. We well, all know that. I love that. I love that. <laughs> all right, cool, man. Well, I think we, we kind of covered uh, most of it. Is there anything that I left out uh, that you wanted to talk about? No. Um, no. Um, not 
more, more, I would like to see more government contracts, to be honest. You'd like to see more government contracts? Yeah, available to, to, to the, to the truck, trucking exclusively without it have to, you know, be going through contractors, you know what I'm saying? Because, mm. and I'll say this publicly, man, sometimes you, you know, you're going to have your favorite person, but if, where government contract is concerned because it's so lucrative, make it more accessible to the small guys. Mm. That's that, that's how I feel about that. That's what I probably want to get out there. Are you certified minority-owned business? Um, I'm not. Well, yes. Okay. I'm waiting on my approval. You waiting on approval, so you're going through the process. I already submit the process and everything. I mean, that may that may open up some opportunities. Certainly, you know. What if my brother isn't here to answer his phone? Right, right. <laughs> you know, you start to think outside the box. Exactly, exactly. So. So. All right, cool, man. Well, um, I think we're going to wrap it there. So typically on this show, we always um, do two things at the end. We always have a final thought, which is basically something entrepreneurial, something spiritual, whatever you want to leave the audience with. And then lastly, you have to let everybody know where they can connect with you, where they can learn more about lane construction and more about yourself. So start with where they can find you, um, you know, website, uh whatever social media you have out there wherever the best place to contact you is um the best place to contact me i'm on facebook Dwayne wilshire of course we have a, a page uh, in uh, instagram page at lane construction so that's lane underscore construction underscore llc you could you know look at the jobs that we do there um we are based out in greenbelt maryland and um thought that i would leave is uh, i don't this is my company motto right here. I can do Philippians four thirteen, man. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, just if if you don't if you operate by faith, not by sight, and don't let anybody spoil your dream. You know, just be intentional about your decision, and you know, like like momentum means doing something after you just to you know have that killer instinct to know that you know you serve a god who who he got you man you know we're, we're all uh we're all born to be great you know so i i leave that just prayerfully do what you do that's what got me here to be honest i have nobody to give credit to but you know the man above yeah, yeah. What, what, what's your goals where do you want to see this business grow to um i want to start i i think i've been you know looking into it do my own excavation starting to get bid my not just bid my own jobs but you know haul my own dirt mm. you know i want to see lane construction loading lane construction trucks and mm. sharing it with others so that's my vision you know to you know venture into excavation and hauling our own dirt and also you know acquiring a uh, our own property you know a property that's properly zoned that we can um, not just park our own trucks, but we can store our material, our aggregates, and you know do distribution from there. That's the vision that I have. Is that why you named it Lane Construction as opposed to like Lane Trucking? It looks like Correct. sounded like you were thinking bigger. I I well I was very intentional about the name Construction. Yeah. You know we do landscaping. We 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 are multi you know multi talented here so I didn't just want to say trucking I want to do everything so there you go yeah. you're a smart guy man hey man I, I tried <laughs> man I've been around the block a few <laughs> times <laughs> yeah 
All good. All right, man. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you for your transparency and just sharing your journey with us. Um, Hustle fam, if you don't respect that, your whole perspective is whack. You know what we do around this time. You like that? I like that. <laughs> so, you know what we always do around this time. If you smell something burning, it's only a desire. Myself, Dwayne Wilshire from Lane Construction. Uh, we out. Yeah, peace. Thanks for having me, man. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle. Let's go.